Isaiah chapter 40 tonight, and if you're able to stand with us, I want to read just a few verses and then bring the message God laid on our heart, and then, um, and then we'll be dismissed here in just a little while. Go eat some ice cream. Amen. That sounds pretty good. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number 27. The Bible says, Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel? My way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Father, I ask you to bless the reading of thy word tonight. Thank you for the good singing. Thank you for all the testimonies. Lord, what a blessing each one of them was tonight to be able to hear the redeemed of the Lord say so. God, I pray that you'll bless the preaching of thy word and speak to our hearts in a personal manner tonight. Lord, we'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I've been reading through the uh, book of Isaiah uh, in my devotional time, and, and, and it's a great book, you know that. But in chapter number 40, I was reading this chapter yesterday, and when I came to Isaiah chapter number 40, the whole chapter is a great chapter. I'm not going to pre- preach the entire chapter tonight, just the verses that we have read, but I do want to mention leading up to the verses in this chapter here uh, that what we have in the verses before us, the 26 verses, verses before is that Isaiah gives us eight attributes of God. It's an introduction to the God of Israel in verse number one and two. He talks about his mercy. As he said in verse number two, speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. He said later in that verse that her iniquity is pardoned for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. And so he emphasizes God's mercy. God is, as it was already mentioned tonight, a merciful God. The Bible said that his mercies are new every morning and if it wasn't for the mercy of God none of us would even be here tonight and so he talks about his mercy and then he talks about his glory in verses 3 down through 5 in verse number 5 he's, or verse number 3 he said prepare ye the way of the Lord make straight in the desert a highway for our God he said every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. He talks about the glory of God. That is the one of the attributes of our God is that he's a glorious God. He's a merciful God but thank God he's a glorious God. And then he talks about his eternality in verse number 6 in the middle of that verse he said all flesh is grass and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field the grass withereth and the flower fadeth because the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it surely the people is grass the grass withereth the flower 
faith. But notice this. But the word of our God shall stand forever. O Zion, thou bringest good tidings. Get thee up into the high mountains, O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings. Lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. I'm talking about his eternality. God always has. He always is. And he always will be. Amen. He was in eternity past. Uh, He is right now in eternity present. And thank God he's going to be in eternity future. Amen. He is a time is three dimensional. Uh, But God does not dwell in time. Uh, He lives in the past. He still lives in the present. And he still lives in the future. Do you know God's as real in the past right now as he is right now? And he's as real in the future. If you and I could fast forward time and if we could step out of time and we could step out into the future, guess what? The first person we'd bump into would be God Almighty. Amen. He was there before the end because he was there before the beginning. He's that which is, which was, and which is to come. He's the Almighty, saith the Lord. He is eternal. Amen. He's from everlasting to everlasting. He always has been and he always will be. And so he talks about his mercy and then he talks about his glory. Then he talks about his eternality. But then in verse number 11, I like this. He talks about his gentleness. Amen. He said he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Amen. I'm talking about God is a gentle God. Amen. He's the creator of this world. He's the creator of this universe. But yet he takes the time as they sang tonight to reach down and to pick us up and to draw us into his bosom and cradle us in his arms. I'm telling you that unseen hand that goes with us through this weary land. He's a gentle shepherd tonight. Amen. And then his omnipotence. Amen. In verse number 12, who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out the heavens with a span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in the scales and the hills in a balance. Amen. He's omnipotent. Amen. And then he talks about his omniscience in verse 13. Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord or being his counselor hath taught him with whom took the, he counsel and he who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment and taught him in knowledge and showed to him the way of understanding. I'm talking about God knows everything tonight. He's, omni, he's omnipotent but he's omniscient tonight. He knows everything. He knows every hair on our head. He knows every cell in our body. He knows every thought that runs through our mind. He knows every sickness that's ever went through our bloodstream. He knows our ups and he knows our downs. He knows our name and he knows our address. He knows where I live and he knows where you live. He knows the beginning and he knows the end and he knows everything in between. How can he know that? Because he's God and he's omniscient. He's all-knowing tonight. Amen. He knows every prayer I've ever prayed. He knows every time I've ever been disappointed. He knows every valley I've ever walked through. He knows every frustration I've ever had. He knows every victory I've ever gained. He knows every worry and fear that's crossed my mind. He knows everything about me. And he knows everything about you. He knows our temperament. He knows our character. He knows our personality. He knows us tonight. Amen. Isn't it good to know that God knows you tonight? And I want to say tonight, he talks about his sovereignty. 
Behold, the nations, in verse 15, are as drop as a drop of a bucket and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he take up the isles as a very little thing. Verse 17, all nations before him as nothing are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing in vanity. Talking about the sovereignty of God. Hey, you don't have to be a Calvinist to believe in the sovereignty of God. I'm telling you, I believed in the sovereignty of God before I ever met that outfit. Amen. And listen, God can so God is so sovereign tonight uh, that he can still be in control of this world and can still be in control of everything thing that's going to happen but still give man a free will to make a choice on his own. Amen. God is sovereign tonight. He sits high upon the throne. And my friend he's over the nations and the kings of this world. And a lot of things that may happen may take us by surprise but nothing takes him by surprise tonight because he's sovereign. And then his uniqueness tonight. Look at verse 18. That's one of his attributes. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare unto him? Verse 21, have you not known? Have you not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundation of the earth? God within and of himself is unique. Verse 25 says, To whom then will you liken me? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things that bringeth out their hosts by number and calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power. No, not one faileth tonight. Tonight, in these verses leading to our text, we see the great attributes of our God. And I said all that to say this tonight, that when you get to verse 27, you see the folly of Israel. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? The folly of Israel is that after they knew this God, his mercy, his glory, his sovereignty, his omnipotence, uh, on and on his omniscient tonight uh, and his uniqueness and all this gentleness, uh, Israel knew all these things about God. But yet when we get to verse 27, they feel like God has forsaken them and forgotten them. But the real reality is, is that Israel had sinned against God and they had brought false idols into their life uh, And my friend, they had forgotten and forsaken God. You know what I thought when I read that verse the other day? I thought that's how people are when they get out in sin, Brother Danny. And they go out there and they get out in the world and get out in sin. And they're just like the nation of Israel. They always try to play the victim role. And they try to act like God has forgotten them. They try to act like the church has hurt them. No, they're just like Israel. They got out in sin and they forgot God and they got themselves in a mess. And it's not God's fault and it's not the church's fault. It's not the preacher's fault. I'm telling you it's their own fault because they made the choice to walk away from God. Amen. And that's what Israel did. And we see the folly of Israel. But then we see the faithfulness of Jehovah. He says, hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, look at this. He fainteth not, neither is weary. There's no searching of his understanding. He said, I want 
want you to know is, you may say I've forgotten you, but God said I have not fainted. God said I have not been weary. I'm telling you tonight, I've not always been faithful, but he has. Amen. I've not always been what I'm supposed to be, but he's always been what he's supposed to be and so much more. Amen. I'm telling you, I've faltered and I've failed, but God's never wobbled on the axles one time. He's been steady. He's been faithful. He's been on time. He's always been there when I needed him. He's been everything that we've ever needed him to be and so much more tonight. Amen. And we see the faithfulness of Jehovah. And then we see the favor to the weak. Look at verse 29. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Amen. I'm glad God knows how to give power when you're about to faint. Amen. I'm glad he knows how to pick you up when you think you can't put one step in front of the other. When you don't think you can go on somewhere, somehow, some way. God knows how to give strength for the journey. He knows how to get you over the next hilltop. He knows how to keep you keeping on. I'm telling you we're not here tonight by our own might, our own power, our own strength, but we're here tonight by the high hand of a holy thrice God that's held us up, that's kept us going, that's been with us every step of the journey. He's been there and he's given the strength to help us in the time of need tonight. I see people go through things, and can I be honest with you? Things I've never experienced or been through in my life. And I've wondered in my flesh, how in the world are they going to make that? But God gives power. He gives strength to those that have no strength. The favor to the weak. The failure of the youth. Look at this, young people. In verse number 30, he said, Even the youth shall faint. And be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. You see tonight, thank God for your youth. But your youth is here for a little while, and then it's gone. One day you'll bend over to pick something up, and you'll fully understand what I'm talking about. You'll get down to get something, and you'll have to think a few minutes about how you're going to Get back up. You say, Brother Rick, are you there? Not yet, but I'm starting to, starting just a little bit to know what that's about. I'm telling you, I can do anything tonight that I could do 20 years ago, but the difference now and then is I'm going to pay for it. Amen? 20 years ago, I wasn't going to pay for it. Amen? And some of you young people say, oh, well, you know, that's kind of funny. And it is funny. When I was your age, I thought the same thing. But I tell you, your days are coming. My days are coming. I'm telling you, you know why? Because the older we get, we don't get stronger. We get weaker in our flesh. Amen? But a young man, he's, listen, he's in a in his body. A middle-aged man's more interested in his mind. He's had a little bit of experience. He's had a little bit of life. And so he knows a little bit down life's road just enough probably to get him in trouble. Amen. But I'll tell you the older we get and the older we grow you know what an older person that knows God is interested in? They're more interested in their spirit. Amen. Because the body's going to fade and the mind's going to fade. But the closer we get guess what? Our spirit ought to grow stronger in God. We ought to grow more ready the closer we get to Jesus coming and getting us and taking us out of this life. I'll tell you tonight, the youth is going to faint, but spiritually tonight, you can be as strong in God as you want to be. Amen. 
And I preached all that to try to get to this one verse. The sermon isn't five minutes long. All of these things Isaiah lays out in chapter 40. And he closes chapter 40 with this classic verse that probably everybody in this building could quote tonight. But they that wait upon the Lord. You know, for about 10 minutes tonight, I want to talk, preach to you about learning to wait on God. Israel's biggest problem was they wouldn't wait on God. They'd get ahead of God. When I was younger, I used to say things, well, I'd rather be ahead of God as to be behind Him. But I found out it really makes no difference if you're in front of Him or behind Him. You're still not in step with Him. The most important thing that you can do, and if there's ever been a, and I'm not indicting everyone when I make this statement, but it is the society that we live in. People don't like to wait on anything. You don't believe that? Then when you get to a red light and it turns green, you count to five before you go. All them people blowing their horn, they're not honking because they love Jesus. And that finger's not telling you you're number one, I promise you. Now you can hide your halo and tuck your wings in. You know what I'm talking about tonight. Brother, I'm telling you, this world don't like to wait. Brother, when you pull up at a, I mean, I've seen people that even said they were Christians. Uh, and I mean, just got plumb tore out of frame uh, because they had to wait in a business somewhere. So, and I don't like to wait. I understand that. Uh, but listen, uh, it's like Brother Barnes was preaching the other day. We're no party, amen. But we live in a society that's a push button instant society and everything comes fast uh, and we don't have to wait. But I'll tell you, when it comes to God and it comes to his will and it comes to God's way, there's gonna be times when God is going to put every one of us in his waiting room. And tonight, learning to wait on God is not an easy thing, but it is the most blessed thing you'll ever learn to wait on God. You say, why, preacher? Let me give you four things in this verse that God gives to those who wait. Number one, he gives energy to those who wait. But they that wait upon the Lord, notice this, shall renew their strength. Do you know tonight if you and I run within our own flesh and within our own self, here's what's going to happen. Eventually, we're going to run out. We'll burn out. We'll, listen, we'll blow out. We'll get out. You know why some people get in church and I believe some of them that get out of church are saved. I don't believe everybody that gets out of church is lost, amen? But some of them that get out, they get out because they were saved, but they never learned to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They never surrendered their life. They never got across Jordan. They never got to that place where they allowed the Holy Spirit to do things through them. They always trusted the arm of the flesh because they had a ability to do some things. Uh, they put their, fa- their faith in what they could do rather than what God could do through them. I'm going to tell you, you may do some things in yourself, uh, but you'll give out, you'll burn out, uh, you'll get out if you keep trying to do it yourself. Uh, but I tell you, if you'll let the Holy Ghost do some things through you, if you'll get up every morning and read your Bible and pray and ask God to help you to get through the day and be the husband, be the wife, uh, be the young person, be the preacher, be the whatever it is, uh, be the worker, the employee that God wants you to be what you'll find out is reading your Bible in the morning and saying a prayer before you go out through the day it helps you not to run in the energy of the flesh God gives you energy 
energy to handle situations in life. Energy to handle people. Energy to handle problems. I, I mean, tonight, let's face it, we're all going to have problems when we get up some days. More days than not. Big problems, little problems, doesn't make no difference tonight. And it's not really about the problem, but it's how do I deal with the problem? Do I have the energy? If you don't have the energy, if the Holy Spirit doesn't help you, you'll blow a gasket, you'll pop off, you'll, you'll react the wrong way because the flesh is, it gets frustrated. But when you walk in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will help you. He'll guide you. He'll pull you back. He'll put that love and that joy and that peace and that long-suffering aside. When things don't go your way, He'll, let, he'll give us that long-suffering spirit if we're walking in the Spirit. Spirit. He'll help us to be gentle. He'll help us to operate in faith. I'm talking about they that wait on God. Young person, you wait on God because you're not ready to go until he says you're ready to go. An adult, you wait on God. Don't make a decision that God didn't want you to make. Don't get in a hurry because if you do, you're going to have to do it in your own strength. You ever tried to pay a bill in your own strength? And my wife's talking about it today. Years ago, I bought something that I shouldn't really, I didn't really pray about it. And I bought it in a moment of, of frustration. I had a car break down. Brother Lady, I went and bought another car, bought a brand spanking new one. <laughs> I'd get my paycheck and I'd have $11 left over. I mean, every time that come to make that payment, $11. And I mean, it's exactly, I make the same thing every week. The payment was the same. And so there was $11. And I want you to know, every time I paid that payment, God reminded me, son, the reason you've only got $11 in your pocket is because you didn't wait on me. You just went ahead. Hey, it was a life lesson that taught me don't buy anything unless the Holy Spirit gives you liberty. Because when you got to pay for something in your own energy and your own strength. It just builds frustration. It'll drain you. It's, listen, that's just one example in life. But if you wait on God, He knows how to give you the strength for what you're about to do or face. See, Peter thought he was ready to go to prison and death. And Jesus said, Peter, you're not ready. I mean, a lot of people thought they were ready. Only God knows. Peter said, oh Lord, I, I, others may deny you, but I'm ready to go to prison and death. And I believe he meant that when he said that. But see, just because we mean it don't mean we're ready. God knows when we're ready. And those that wait on God, he gives them energy. Those that wait on God, notice this, he gives them elevation. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. The Bible said to humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he, shall lift you up. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Why? That he may exalt you when in due season or times. You see, tonight, if I was to elevate myself, God knows tonight that it would do nothing but build pride. But I'll tell you, if God ever elevates you in any level, in any area, he's brought you to the place and he's brought us to the point where it doesn't mean that much to us anymore. It doesn't mean we don't want to serve him, but it doesn't, mean that, it doesn't mean that we want the crown. It doesn't mean that it means that we don't want the crown. We don't want the recognition. We don't care about the title. I've seen 
seen people thirsty to be elevated, thirsty to be lifted up and wonder why God would never do that in their life because He knows that it would be to your own demise that the flesh would relish in that. I'm telling you, God is always going to take the person of low degree. He's going to take the person that's willing to hide themselves. That's the people that He lifts up. Those that will remain humble. You got to learn to wait on God. You know, you can't have everything when you're 20 that your parents have when they're 50. You'd be a spoiled brat. You can't uh, be a preacher and start out uh, like preachers that have been preaching 20 and 25 and 30 years. Uh, You can't handle that. Uh, I remember when I came to this church, uh, uh, probably a few months after I came to this church, uh, I went back to revival meeting at Concord one night and you know Brother Allen how he operated. Uh, I remember one night right in the middle of service, Brother Sammy, he he pointed at me and said, stand up there just a minute. I always hated that. I think he knew it. That's why he always had me stand up for something. He said, stand up there a minute. He said, how many people was at that church when you took that church? I've probably been there six months, a year. And I said, I, I can't remember, 35, 40 people. I'll never forget what he said. He said, well, he said, I preached revivals in that church. He named it back in the 60s. He said, when it was packed out and Brother Cape was there. And he said, they probably 150, 175 people in that building. He said, you know what God did? He said, God brought it down to nothing, hardly, and gave you what you could handle. Now, the truth is I couldn't handle the 35 or 40 at 23, but there's truth in that. What he did, he brought it down to a humble level so it wouldn't build pride in my life. So, and I'm not telling you tonight that I don't battle pride. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm telling you, it's not a good thing to just step to the limelight and step to the forefront. I'm telling you, you can't listen. You can't. I know they do. But I don't think it's a good thing uh, to leave uh, college and step in a supervisor uh, position and start telling men that's been working in a factory for 40 years uh, how to do a job they've been doing 40 years. Uh, that's just because you read it out of a book somewhere. And I know that probably run to rub the cat the wrong way. Uh, but you just go ahead and turn the cat around, amen. That's still right, amen. I think if I was in that position, I'd walk real lightly, amen. And I was in that position when I came to this church. The deacons of this church were gray-haired and a lot older than I was. And I remember the Holy Ghost told me, he said, don't you say nothing. You just preach the Bible. You go on visitation. You don't try to do anything big. Don't you make any big announcements. Don't you do anything major. You just do what I tell you to do. So I wouldn't show my ignorance. Elevation. What am I saying? I'm saying you have to wait on God. And in due time when he knows, I'm glad he knows what we can handle tonight. I don't, I mean this tonight. I don't want to be anywhere as God don't want me to be. And I don't want to be doing anything that I'm not, God doesn't want me to be doing tonight. Men have been ruined because they've elevated themselves and others have. But if you wait on God, young person, don't run out and marry. I thought about this today. I was outside, and it's hot today, wasn't it? I was outside painting a building, and this thought just came to me. Don't marry some young boy or some young girl just because they're pretty. That's girls pretty. 
Nowadays, boys are pretty. Don't you ever marry pretty boy girls, okay? <laughs> Never marry a pretty boy. But don't marry some handsome young man. I thought about this. Don't let somebody come in and sweep you off their feet, your feet and then change every conviction and belief. If you've got to drop one conviction, you drop them. Don't drop the conviction. I mean like a bad habit. Amen. You drop them tonight. Because you let God bring the right person at the right time. He'll elevate you when it's time. If you wait on God, He will, he will lift you to heights that only He can lift you to. Energy, elevation. And then notice this, enthusiasm. They shall run and not be weary. I'm going to tell you what God does. He'll give you the enthusiasm for the journey. I see a lot of people today, they're not enthused about walking with God. I see a lot of people today that go to church in different places and they have long faces. They're saddened. Church ought to be a happy place. Is that right? I mean, church ought to be a place you don't have to ask for amens. Even on a Wednesday night. Church ought to be a place that we're, I know you've worked all day and you're tired. I understand that. I'm not fussing at you for being tired. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you put forth the effort. Amen. But hear me tonight. I'm saying when you wait on God, listen, he puts joy in your life. He puts joy in your heart. It's a life worth living. I mean, getting up every day living for God is the best thing. I'd rather be serving Jesus tonight as anything I know. I'd rather be in the center of God's will. It may not always be the things I choose. It may not always be the things that I'd want, but if it's God's will, it's the best way, it's the right way, it brings happiness, it brings joy. I'm telling you tonight, sometimes uh, we don't know how good we got it until we get away from it, amen? And if you and I are not careful of being right in the center of God's will, we can lose our enthusiasm. Hey, you said they'll run and not be weary. I'm telling you tonight, living for God, uh, it's a fast-paced life. Uh, It'll be here and it'll be over with before we know it, but it sure is a good life, uh, and every one that's ever waited on God looks back and say I'm glad that he let me come this way I'm glad he let me run this race I'm glad he put me in this journey I'm telling you tonight look back through your life I mean it just seems like yesterday and 10 years are gone and 20 years is gone and before you know it 40 years is gone but hadn't it been a good way isn't it a good way living for Jesus tonight there's been a lot of people come and there's been a lot of people go but I just want to go on record tonight and say I'm glad I'm still with the church I'm glad I'm still here on a Wednesday night in the house of God doing the same thing we've always been doing amen Woo! praise God I feel good in my soul hallelujah I'm telling you that I don't know where some of them are at tonight brother laddie I don't know what some of them are doing tonight but I know one thing for the last 20 something years we've been here together and we've worshipped God together we've worshipped God together and I thank God for those years I saw your cousin last night Miss Sheila Jeff brother Jeff fellas you know what I'm talking about and uh, that's your cousin, right? I saw him last night in meeting up in North Carolina. And, uh, you know, I don't even know them, but I was sitting over there looking at them during church. I mean, I know them, but I don't know them personally. And I was sitting there and I thought, you know, that's salt of the earth sitting there. 
good people. And had it not been for Jesus, I'd have never met y'all. I'd never met them. You think about all the people God's let you meet because you met him. All the good people. And, that, and uh, his son came up. I played the piano last night. He come up and was talking to me after church and he was just talking about his heritage and talking about uh, some, uh, uh, some of those good godly saints, talking about Brother Biddle and, and Sister Biddle mentioned your mother last night uh, and talking about Louie and Roselle and talking about all the... Uh, and we were just standing there. I can't even tell you that young man's name now, but I'll tell you what, we had one of the sweetest times of fellowship uh, talking about God's people and the goodness of God. I thought to myself this is such a good life. This is such a good way. I'm telling you go all over this country and you'll bump into somebody that knows somebody that knows Jesus Christ. You don't find that out there in the world tonight. But I'd rather be an old time Christian as anything I'd know tonight. I'm telling you I just feel so good. Hallelujah. I'm just so glad to be saved. So glad to be a part of the family of God. I'm enthused. I'm enthused. I'm enthused about the race that we're in tonight. Hallelujah. Woo! Praise God. I mean, it's good. Amen. It's a good way tonight. Praise God. Amen. I didn't plan to preach like that, but I'm enthused. Are y'all enthused tonight? I'm telling you, it's good to go to church, Brother Lamar, and be enthused on a Wednesday night. I'm telling you, it doesn't mean we don't have problems. It doesn't mean we don't have trials. It doesn't mean we don't have trouble. But he gives us strength to run. Even when we're weary, he gives us something on a Wednesday night that'll help us through the rest of the week because he's a good God. Hallelujah. Just got to learn to wait on him. And I'll tell you, he'll do that in your personal time too, won't he? Just like on tonight, you open that Bible tomorrow, God will give you something that will help you. And then I want to say lastly, if you wait on God, He'll give you energy, He'll give you elevation, He'll give you enthusiasm. Thank God He'll give you endurance. He said they shall walk and not faint. I thought about a lot of God's children. They get in the walking years of their life. And their body gets weak, but their spirit doesn't faint. We was talking about your mother. That's what we was talking about. And we was talking about, I don't remember how long it was, but I'll never forget this as long as I live. On a Wednesday night, she went to the heart doctor on Monday, and I think it was the kidney doctor on Tuesday. And the heart doctor said, well, because she testified this. The heart doctor said, your heart's wore out. Nothing we can do. I think I'm telling this right. Kidney doctor said, I've conversed with the heart doctor. Your kidneys are wore out. Really nothing else we can do. And she stood up and told that on Wednesday night. She said, I went to the heart doctor on Monday. Went to the, heart, or the kidney doctor on uh, Tuesday. And then I, I can still see this in my mind. Brother Danny, her standing there, turning around and looking at everybody and waving and saying, if I don't see y'all Sunday... She said, I'll meet you in the morning. 
I don't know what she said much after that. I don't know how much longer she lived after that. I'm gonna tell you nothing else much mattered after that. When she said that, hey, just something. I mean, I mean, the Holy Ghost did a cartwheel in my soul. Amen. I, I thought about when everybody else says there's nothing else we can do. I, I thank God. Listen, her body was weary, but her spirit wasn't about to faint in the walking years of her life. And she came on to the house of God and she still had a song and she still had a testimony. I say, bless his name. I say, hallelujah. That's the kind of endurance that I want. And I keep on keeping on and worship God when everything else is falling apart. Woo, hallelujah. Some people, they stub their toe and they won't come testify about it. We don't want to hear that. Can I get an amen right there? If you stubbed your toe, I feel sorry for you, but don't make a testimony out of it. Hey, man, y'all know that's right. They can't endure nothing. I'm not telling you I can endure a lot, but I know the Spirit of God, if you wait on Him, He'll help you in the walking years. I watched some of God's children, as I said, I look at some of them tonight here. Benny May, you was a blessing tonight. Didn't she give a good testimony? I appreciate you minding God. Been doing that in this church since 1961. Just been testifying. Her and Brother Charles, I've seen them both shout and praise God. Y'all have too. I'm talking about bless my soul. Just keep on keeping on. I look at Brother Brother Ben Andrews and his wife tonight. Great missionaries, aren't they? Served in pop. I remember I was in the service when Brother Ben stood up and said, God called me to Papua New Guinea. <clears throat> I remember somebody else stood up in that service and said, well, I don't think God did call you. How would you like to be like that? He said, God did, and somebody else said, well, I don't think God did. Now, that was a church service. I, man, I mean, I was all eyes in that service. I'll never forget what Brother Ben said. I was about 21 years old. And he said, well, I know God called me and I'm going. And he did. And he's built churches, started churches and Bible colleges and still going. Isn't that a blessing tonight? And I, as far as I know we're concerned, I mean, these are some of the greatest Christians we'll ever know. Faithful. Endurance. You know why? Because he sat in the church and waited on God. Wait on the Lord tonight as we stand. Don't get in a hurry. Don't try to figure out God's will. Don't even try to find God's will. You do what you know you're supposed to do right now. And I promise you, when God's ready, He'll always reveal it. It it takes all the pressure off. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to find it. I promise you the will of God will come to your heart's door one day. He will open the doors that no man can open and no man can shut. You just be faithful and you just wait on God. You be patient and do what you know you're supposed to do today. God will always do the rest and He'll show you in due time. As He sings tonight, if you need to come, you come. Jesus, keep me near.
the cross there a precious fire